and welcome to Misinformation, the trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at Pub Quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hey, Jewel. Hi. I'm glad to see that you're feeling better. I am. On the mend. Good. I'm so glad. Um, So uh, I was at work the other day. And um, as you know, I'm a clothing person. Uh, y- y- I you? like to wear clothes. <laughs> I know that Not makes me nudist. weird. <laughs> um, no, I really love fashion and clothes, especially like historic clothing. Mm-hmm. And you hear a lot about stuff like this is Victorian. This is a Victorian mm. piece, even though Victorian seems to. Uh, it's Victor- like a hundred year time span. <laughs> According to a lot of people, like you see um, like on Etsy or on eBay or whatever, like Victorian candlesticks and it's like no these are definitely like 1920s <laughs> candlesticks I mean I'm not I'm not a candlestick aficionado but those are not Victorian yeah. so Victorian has become like a catch-all term yeah for old yeah yeah so, 19th century basically exactly the entirety of the 19th century it sounds fancier yeah than just saying 19th century but um a lot of people uh don't realize that Victorian means like of the reign of Queen Victoria Mm -hmm. of England. You may Mm -hmm. have heard of her. Uh, So (laughs) she's a big deal. She is. She was a big deal. She is now, unfortunately no longer with us Um, because she would be like 250 (laughs) years years old. (laughs) Exactly. So I decided to do my quiz today on English Queens. So, um, for purposes of this podcast, I am only going to be talking about British English and British Queens, okay. and I'm only going to be talking about true Queens. So mm, not concert. yes. So unfortunately we will not get Eleanor of Aquitaine. I'm sorry, Julia, not today. She's my lady. I know she's, she was pretty cool, but if I had done even the consorts, uh, <laughs> It, this would have been like a three and a half hour <laughs> podcast. Buckle in. Because, you know, the royal lineage of most countries are labyrinthine at oh, best, yeah. but especially in England and yeah. Britain, it was like... So for clarity, <laughs> just an FYI, a queen consort is the wife of a reigning king who enjoys privileges but is not a monarch. And a queen regnant is a real ass queen who received her title from inheriting the throne upon the death of the previous monarch. So, so Elizabeth II is a real ass. She queen. is a real ass mm-hmm. queen, um, and that's through the the lineage or at least the line of succession. <clears throat> so we're going to start with England proper, because there wasn't a united kingdom until 1707 when Scotland merged with England, and Queen Anne became the first British monarch, but as well as the last solely English monarch. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So. The whole monarch thing begins with Alfred the Great, King of Wessex. His uh, ruling years are 871 to 899, one of the petty kingdoms to rule a portion of modern England. Alfred styled himself King of the Anglo-Saxons, and while he was not the first king to lay claim to rule all of the English, his rule represents the first unbroken line of kings to rule the whole of England, the House of Wessex. So we're going to skip. We're going to skip, skip, skip. There's all dudes. You got a guy named Elf Weird. We got another guy named Ethelred the Unready, who ironically yeah. ruled two separate times, like Grover Cleveland. <laughs> well, he was, he was ready the second yeah, time. Yeah, he was ready. He was unready the first time, mm-hmm. but then the second time. He had it. That that Ethelred was ready. <laughs> um, so we get all the way down in history to Henry I of the House of Normandy. Mm. Uh, he ruled from 1100 to 1135. So we're past the Norman Conquest. We are past the Norman Conquest. Uh, Henry had two children. He had William Adolin and a daughter named Matilda. 
Um, unfortunately, William Adolin, who was his successor, uh, died in the White Ship disaster. Um, and Henry I tried to get his people to pledge their loyalty to Empress Matilda as heir presumptive. Now, but the like they when I was doing the research they were like the white ship disaster and I was like ooh this must have been a really bad disaster look it up it's literally just like a, <laughs> a white ship yeah it was called the white ship it sank in the English Channel well they had two ships yeah they had a black they had ship a black ship and a white and ship. a white ship and the white ship so this gone. was a really big like moment for them <laughs> yeah, they, they like, lost half oh, of their navy <laughs> and they lost the guy who was going to be king oh. so that's why it was a disaster <laughs> presumably. <laughs> Um, so Henry the first tried to get his people to pledge their loyalty to Matilda. Well, people didn't like that. Ugh. Um, so he had previously been in negotiations prior to this to make his nephew, Stephen of Blois, the heir to the English throne. Uh, so when Henry died, Matilda reigned for a period of 209 days in 1141 before her dick cousin, Steve of Blois. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying Blois? 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 Okay, wait, I'm going <laughs> to... See, I'm, I'm trying to be French and it's probably not working. All right. It's B-L-O-I-S. Yeah. Blois. Blois. <laughs> Stephen of Blois. <laughs> he overthrew Matt, uh, Matilda. Ah, damn it. And uh, he began what was known as the anarchy. Um, so she was never officially crowned um, and is still rarely listed as a monarch of England. But that's good information to know that mm-hmm. she was the first, the first woman to rule England, if only for a very short period of time. Great. So. Skip, 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 forward in time. Finally, we get to the Tudors. You may have heard of them. Oh, yes. Um, so after Henry died, as you know, his heir uh, was the sickly and weak-eyed Edward VI, <laughs> <laughs> who reigned for six years, and he died at 15. Um, he died on my birthday, July 6th, oh. 1553. I was not born in 1553, um, but it still <laughs> remains July 6th is my birthday. His soul did not enter your, <laughs> your infant body. Well, I do have very weak eyes. Ooh, yeah, you, I can you're, well, barely you're not see sickly. you right now. You're not sick. No, I'm not. I'm very. I'm robust. I'm a robust lady. Um, so Edward, in his will, named Lady Jane Grey as his heir, yeah. which overruled the order of succession because that would have named his half sister Mary as mm-hmm. queen. Um, he did this mostly because Mary was a Roman Catholic, which was very bad at that time. Um, while Jane was a Protestant and would have continued to support the Reformed Church of England that Henry the Eighth had mm-hmm. started. <clears throat> Uh, Jane at the time was only 16, and after he died, she was pronounced queen on July 10th and then awaited her coronation in the Tower of London. Mm. However, there were a lot of supporters for Mary to become queen, and Jane's followers abandoned her. So she was executed for treason for some reason, uh, <sighs> nine days after she was named queen. Man, that was really tough, tough era. Oh, and and th- like the story of how, because it was very well recorded because mm-hmm. it was like a big deal, like she was, some people really thought that she was their queen, but... Like, there's this re- recording of her, like, going up to the executioner and being like, will you have mercy on me? And he was like, don't worry, it'll be quick. And she was like, thank you. And then she she blindfolded herself, but then couldn't find the block to put her head. And she was oh, like, where is no. it? She was, like, yelling. She was like, where is it? Where'd it go? And so the executioner Marco. was like, there you go. Oh, and she laid her head quietly on the block. And then they, Shh. Like, I know, what right? did she do? Oh, I know. She was 16. No. Well, they thought that she was like, if she had remained alive, then yeah, she would have, would they, have like uh, fought. The, <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least the, her followers would have, because she was still alive, mm-hmm. they could have had the idea that she would eventually like overthrow yeah. Mary and become queen yeah. again. So they were like, no more. <clears throat> Man. So Mary the first, she ascends to the throne. 
she is a real queen bitch and is best known as Bloody Mary uh, due to the fact that she actively attempted to quash the English Reformation begun by her father. She was the only child of Henry and Catherine of Aragorn, Mm -hmm. Henry's first wife, and is known as the first English queen regnant, not including the disputed Matilda and the short-lived Jane. (laughs) So... Mary had over 280 religious dissenters burned at the stake during what was known as the Marian persecutions in only five years. Oh, Mary. She, <laughs> I know. She was awful. And did you ever see the movie, Elizabeth, with um, Kate Blanchett? I didn't. It's, it's very good. I'll put it on my list of things yeah. I need to watch. This is one of the few films I've seen. Um, <laughs> two the, movies. Two movies. Magic Mike XXL and Elizabeth. <laughs> Both of which I can quote like crazy. No, I've only seen it once. But... Um, the the woman who plays they really portrayed mary gross Ooh. she's like pockmarked and elderly and like evil i mean it's it's a little yeah. like over the top mm-hmm. but um the the physical description of mary um was kind of accurate for the movie and i'll mm-hmm. describe that in a bit so at one point she even had her sister elizabeth imprisoned for nearly a year on suspicion that she was supporting a protestant plot to overthrow her right which apparently there was no evidence to that and that's why elizabeth was only imprisoned for like eight or nine months or mm-hmm. something like that. So um, uh, when Mary was a child, Henry VIII was devoted to her and bragged to friends that the girl never cries, mm. which, you know, really probably... Either she's a sociopath or... <laughs> <laughs> or she wasn't allowed to cry. Um, she was fair-complexioned with pale blue eyes and red hair and was rosy-cheeked like her father, Rosacea, let's be honest. Um, so both Mary and her half sister Elizabeth were disinherited by their father during his whole marrying and killing a bunch of women thing. Yeah. You can see also our podcast episode, yes. The Merry Wives of Tudor, yep. all about King Henry VIII's six ladies. Exactly. Um, so they, Mary and Elizabeth were reconciled after Henry married Catherine Parr, which you had mentioned in that episode, that Catherine Parr was very shrewd and that she wanted to make sure that the family was all together and like getting along because mm-hmm. that was better for her. Yeah. Um, and maybe she just, you know, wanted a family. Who knows? <laughs> so after Lady Jane Grey was overthrown, Mary set about restoring England to Catholicism. And she decided to marry Prince Philip of Spain in order to produce a male heir in the Catholic faith and tie England to the monarchy on the mainland. Mm-hmm. Because Spain was um, very Catholic oh, yeah. and still is. Um, this was not popular in England. Most people wanted her to marry an English Catholic rather than a foreigner. Mm-hmm. Um and unfortunately, Philip was not into Mary. Yikes. Uh, he went ahead with the marriage for political reasons, but Mary was super into him, though. Mm. And two months into their marriage began to show signs of pregnancy. She stopped getting her period. She gained weight and she had nausea in the morning. So everyone was like, we're getting a, yeah, we're get get a baby. Alas, it was a false pregnancy. Uh, Philip was kind of dubious about it anyway, because he was like, um, guys, <laughs> there's like a thing you have to do. Do <laughs> so. Uh, many people believed it was psychosomatic since uh, oh, Mary geez. wanted an heir so badly, and it's true. Like that's false pregnancy is a real thing. Yeah, like man. your body goes through the motions of have like you have a baby in your uterus when you actually don't. It's so, so weird. weird. Um, so her abdomen receded after a while because there wasn't a baby in there. Um, so Philip was so embarrassed uh, about that that he left to go command his armies in France. And Mary was left heartbroken and depressed. Mm. Um, Her reign was troubled with famine, war with France, and Protestant attempts at uprising left and right. Um, And then after a visit from Philip in 1557, she was sure she was pregnant for real this time with a baby to be born in 1558. (laughs) With with a human baby. She was like, no, guys, this time there's a baby in here. 
Uh, she decreed in her will that her husband would be regent during the heir's childhood. But again, there was no baby. And Mary had to resign herself to the knowledge that Elizabeth was to be her successor. So she became ill in May of 1558, probably from uterine cancer. Oh. And which was very painful. Apparently, oh, she was yeah. in a lot of pain. And she died in November of that year. And <laughs> after her death, Philip wrote to his sister Joan, quote, I felt a reasonable regret for her death. So it's <laughs> like something you say about your accountant. I know. <laughs> oh, that's it was basically the oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, I mentioned Mary in my last episode mm-hmm. about gemstones because she owned the Pearl of Peregrina, Ooh. which eventually went to um, Elizabeth Taylor. Okay. So she owned the Pearl and actually in portraits of Mary during this time she wears it as like a brooch um on her neckline like in the center on her sternum okay and it's like a it's like a pear-shaped pearl very Mm -hmm. big and it has uh two diamonds on either side of it it's very beautiful so um Mary died alas alas so after Mary died Philip knew which side of his bread was buttered and he tried to marry Elizabeth, but she refused. So Elizabeth, Elizabeth I, mm-hmm. became queen in January 1559 at 25 years old. She was known as the Virgin Queen, Gloriana, and Good Queen Bess. These are all nicknames mm-hmm. that people gave her. She was super popular amongst her people like from the outset, mostly because she was a Protestant, so everyone yeah. was like a sigh of relief, <laughs> um, but also because she was a shrewd... The burnings will stop. <laughs> We're not all going to die. <laughs> Um, she was also a shrewd and intelligent politician and ruler and a compelling speaker. Um, anxiety still remained for a Catholic overthrow, however, since no one knew who she would marry or if any threats from the European mainland remained. Mm. So a lot was made of Elizabeth's unmarried status and virginity. Yeah. And she had reasons why she did not marry mm-hmm. anyone, um, you know, commoner or not, or right. like other king, or produce an heir or even name an heir. She wouldn't even mm-hmm. name an heir. Um, some assume that she remained unmarried due to the sexual abuse she experienced at 14 in the household of her stepmother and her stepmother's husband, Thomas Seymour. I mean, that's probably a factor. Uh, but frankly, she probably remained unmarried for the sheer fact that Eng- England was still politically unstable and marrying or naming an heir would open her up to usurpation. Sure. So she did entertain proposals and actually seriously considered several proposals uh, over her reign up until she was about 50 years mm-hmm. old. But the only man she ever loved was her childhood friend, Robert Dudley. Mm. Uh, She turned down his proposal as well, uh, most likely because of the aforementioned political reasons. And he was very unpopular amongst her subjects. Uh. Um, They saw him as kind of like a gold digger type. Uh, Nevertheless, they remained very close until his death in 1588. And after her death, a letter from him was discovered amongst her most personal belongings marked his last letter in her handwriting. So she really, she really loved her Bobby Dudley. Bobby D. Um, ba- mm, that Bobby D. Pour one out. <laughs> uh, ultimately, Elizabeth would say that she was married to England and her subjects, referring to them as all my husbands, my good people. Ugh. I know. <laughs> well, there's a great moment in, in Elizabeth where it's like the moment where Elizabeth is no longer a, a frittering girl and she puts on like the white makeup and she's got the big <laughs> red hair and the huge like all of her accoutrement <laughs> and she like sticks out her hand and she goes behold I am married to England and everyone's like yeah <laughs> it's like very creepy and super I mean Kate Blanchett is really amazing but <clears throat> so the Elizabethan era 
despite being up and down in terms of economy, there was war and occasional political strife, um, was widely determined to be a period of prosperity for England, as well as uh, English art, literature, and architecture. Uh, you may have heard of a young man named William Shakespeare. Mm. Uh, Elizabeth loved right. his work. Yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, she was a big fan. Um, she reigned for 44 years, and she finally died of old age on March 24th, 1603, and she was the last monarch in the House of Tudor. So now, we fast forward through time to after the fall of the English Commonwealth and the dastardly Oliver Cromwell to the restoration of the House of Stuart. Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, So after the death of Charles II, who did not have any children, unrest rose again over a successor to the English throne. So Charles's brother, James II, was crowned king in 1685, but was overthrown after almost four years on the throne due to Catholic and French sympathies after what was known as the Glorious Revolution. Mm -hmm. So William III of Orange, his nephew, then ascended to the throne and co-ruled with his wife and first cousin, Mary II, who was James's daughter. So this was known as uh, their joint reign was known as the period of William and Mary. Um. William became sole ruler upon her death in 1694. Um, Mary wielded less power than William when he was in England, ceding most of her authority to him, though he heavily relied on her advice. Uh, She did, however, act alone when William was engaged in military campaigns abroad, and she proved herself to be a powerful, firm, and effective ruler. Nice. She endowed the College of William and Mary, now in Virginia. Um, She was tall. She was like 5'11". Uh, she loved gardening. She made uh, keeping goldfish as pets popular. Uh, <laughs> That's so cute. I know. And she popularized blue and white porcelain. She was. Mm. She kind of made that fashionable like in England. Delft type. Yeah, because exactly. it came from where her husband was from. Yes, exactly. Dutch. Um, many Jacobite historians saw her as a traitor to her father, James, and therefore characterized her as a reluctant ruler who deferred constantly to her more capable husband. Blech. Yeah, I know. She did help hold her own yeah. um, and seemed comfortable serving as both primary ruler in her husband's absence and trusted advisor to him when he was present. Yeah, they talk about them as a pair. Yeah, like, like there's a reason why they talk about them as a pair <laughs> because they co-ruled. Uh-huh. So in your face, Jacobites. <laughs> <sighs> so... Um, Mary's sister Anne ascended to the throne late in life at 37 after her brother-in-law William III died in 1702. Um, The sisters had been close, but disagreements over Anne's finances, status, and choice of acquaintances arose shortly after Mary's accession, and they became estranged. Mm. Anne seemed like she didn't really have it together, like, (laughs) personally. So she, like, spent money really, like, weirdly, Mm -hmm. and she became friends with very dubious people. Oh, jeez. And she seemed like she didn't make good choices. So she was plagued with ill health throughout her life. And from her 30s, she grew increasingly lame and obese. Mm -hmm. She had um, gout, as a matter of fact. Mm, All that rich Uh, food. Yeah, it's all those meats. Um, She, so despite... 17 pregnancies by her husband, Prince George of Denmark. She died without surviving issue and was the last monarch of the House of Stuart. She did not have, and and none of her kids survived. The only one who lived long enough was, um, he was 11, was her son. Oh, boy. Yeah. So since she had gout from an early age, she primarily used sedans to get around, which is like the little, (laughs) like, yeah, Yeah. they carry you around. (laughs) Or sometimes she used a wheelchair, but it was mostly sedans. Um, She was, in fact, carried by sedan to her crowning in 1702. Um, Her greatest achievement as a monarch was the union of the kingdoms of England and Scotland in the Acts of Union 1707. Mm. Uh, Under this, England and Scotland were united into a single kingdom called Great Britain with one parliament. 
Uh, therefore, Anne was Queen of England from 1702 to 1707 mm-hmm. and Queen of Great Britain from 1707 to her death in 1714. So she was technically Queen of two different countries. Yeah, basically. Cool. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. Um, this was also the beginning of a two-party political system for mm. Parliament, uh, the Whigs and the Tories. Oh, those Whigs. Yeah. So the Tories were very... Um, they are uh, really supportive of the royals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, Anne voted Tory. <laughs> um, she was pretty capable despite her health and the disparagement of her by her frenemy, the Duchess of Marlborough, in the Duchess's diaries. Is anybody from Marlborough ever a good guy? I don't think so. <laughs> like, that's not like, a great... Like, I think becoming the Duke or Duchess of Marlborough makes you just... Immediately a, miserable. a villain. Yeah. In any story. Exactly. Um, she had the reputation of being a, quote, weak, irresolute woman beset by bedchamber quarrels and deciding high policy on the basis of personalities. Hmm. Thanks to this bitch, the Duchess of Marlborough. <laughs> um, but 20th century historians have seen her more favorably. Um, she's like, she's fine. Like she, and, she got a lot yeah. done. Um, she did seem to have, I mean, I don't think that that reputation is mm-hmm. totally false. I think she did have some. The first copyright law in the world was mm-hmm. the statute of Anne. Oh, there under you go. Her. That was like the first batch of copyright, you know, mm-hmm. that you would own the rights to your thing for, you know, seven years or something like that. Oh, and okay. then, you know, a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. A reasonable amount of time. Oh no, we, mm-hmm. we heard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, can, it's okay. No, it's okay. I can get real into copyright law. Oh, I forgot to mention this with Mary. Um, so sometimes um, monarchs would adopt a personal motto okay. that they would put on their crest. Mm-hmm. Um, Anne's was uh, Semper Adem, which means always the same in Latin. And it was the same <laughs> motto used by Elizabeth I. Oh. Um, in fact, Mary's was, I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Truth, the daughter of time, which in Latin is Veritas Temporis Filia. That was um, Mary's personal motto. I couldn't find any more personal mottos of the later monarchs. Um, I think maybe that cut it from their budget. Yeah, they cut it from their budget. They weren't doing it anymore. Um, So I couldn't find any more of the the later ladies, but that was like a thing at the time. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Now we're securely in the 19th century after a long succession of male Hanovers in the female line of James. And now we come to Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria. She was a pistol. So Victoria was the daughter of Prince Edward, Duke of Kent and Strathern, the fourth son of King George III. Crazy King George. Mad King George. Mm. Uh, both the Duke of Kent and King George III died in 1820, and Victoria was raised under close supervision by her German-born mother, Princess Victoria of Saxe Coburg Salfeld. She inherited the throne at age of 18 after her father's three elder brothers had all died, leaving no surviving legitimate children. Man, when you just thinking about all of these, like, you know, they don't have an heir. Yeah. They're fighting about the heirs. Everybody just cares about people's uteruses. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's really. I know. It's very complicated. Like yeah. giving like background for all of this so that, you know, <laughs> so when I start talking about a queen, like, you know, like yeah. why she's there yeah. was just so complicated. Yeah. It's um, like, because, well, they were like the only real famous people, I guess. That's true. Like, like they didn't the, have like their us weekly to <laughs> talk about baby bumps. They all had that one person just to think about. Just that one person that they could gossip about at any one time. And a lot of times, like, they gossiped about it because their livelihood depended on an heir. Because if another faction came in and like yeah. usurped that, you might be burned at the stake next oh. year kind of thing. So... 
It's very difficult. Um, so the United Kingdom was already an established constitutional monarchy in which the sovereign held relatively little direct political power. So this is now we like we're really into Parliament mm-hmm. and the monarchy is becoming more of a figurehead than anything else. Um, so privately, Victoria attempted to influence government policy and ministerial appointments, and public sh- publicly she became a national icon who was identified with strict standards of personal morality, mm. which is, again, why the Victorian period is thought of as being very buttoned up yeah. and, like, very anti-sex but very pro-death. Like, they had, not pro-death, <laughs> like everybody should die, but more like they had a weird fascination with death, mm-hmm. kind of, one could argue... The way we, the modern era has a fascination with sex. Mm. So it's it's interesting how that kind of got flipped yeah. over the course of 200 years or so. So um, after she had ascended to the throne, she could not continue the line of Hanover, which was shared with Germany at the time, mm. um, under Salic law, which was just like an ancient law about, you know, who succeeds who mm-hmm. and where the... the bloodline goes so therefore her line of succession wouldn't be established until she was married and had a child i know right so she was the first monarch to take up residence in buckingham palace which still continues to be the primary living space of the royal family um she also paid off all of her father's debts immediately after receiving her first allowances so she was very nice um shrewd financially Mm -hmm. shrewd um she married her cousin prince albert of Saxe coburg and gotha she proposed to him after nice. their second meeting. Um, after she met him at oh, seven- their second meeting, yeah, and their second meeting. <laughs> um, well, she was like into him. So after she met him at seventeen, she wrote in her diary. You ready for this? Okay. Albert is extremely handsome. His hair is about the same color as mine. His eyes are large and blue, and he has a beautiful nose and a very sweet mouth with fine teeth. But the charm of his countenance is his expression, which is most delightful. Um, so sweet. I know. That's well, such a good, like, seventeen-year-old girl, yeah, isn't it? Well, wait till you hear okay. about when she gets married. So <laughs> she was clearly super into him because after the wedding in eighteen forty, she wrote in her diary. Okay, okay. I never, never spent such an evening. Three exclamation points. My dearest, dearest, dear Albert. <laughs> His excessive love and affection gave me feelings of heavenly love and happiness I never could have hoped to have felt before. He clasped me in his arms and we kissed each other again and again. His beauty, his sweetness and gentleness. Really, how could I ever be thankful enough to have such a husband, (gasps) italics, to be called by name of tenderness I have never yet heard used to me before was bliss beyond belief. Oh, this was the happiest day of my life! Three exclamation points. (laughs) I know. She actually, like, they got married, and then she went to bed with a headache because, like, the day was, like, oh, too much. yeah. But she wrote in her diary because she was like, no, I gotta get, I gotta this, get this down. I gotta get this out of me. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so she was married in white, which was an mm-hmm. unusual choice at the time. But Albert liked her in that color, as well as pink. She actually, um, they loved to gossip together. I learned this nice. from Patricia Tice, who works at uh-huh. um, Genesee Country Village here in Rochester. Uh, and she's doing an exhibit on Victorian clothing. And so she's been doing a lot of research on Victoria. Mm-hmm. And apparently the, the, one of their favorite things to do is like gossip about other people. <laughs> so they would be at parties or whatever. And she'd be like, oh, you know, lady so-and-so looks great in that green dress. And he was like, Ugh, green is awful. She's like, why are you being such a jerk? And he'd be like, I don't think ladies look good in green. She was like, all right, well, then fine. What do ladies look good in? And he was like, I think a woman is most beautiful when she's wearing white. And I also love pink. She was like, okay, great. Done. 
done. How do you feel about trees <laughs> indoors <laughs> at Christmas time? How about that, Albert? Um, so because she got married in white, she started the ongoing tradition of white weddings. Not that no one had ever been married mm-hmm. in white previously to this, but because she was a major political figure and a major like just mm-hmm. figure, that was when people were like, I'm going to wear white too. Um, she and Albert had nine kids in quick succession, even though she hated being pregnant. She thought breastfeeding was disgusting and thought newborns were hideous. <laughs> Just tell it like it is. Yeah, she was like, ew. Um, but <laughs> they had a very happy home life, apparently. Um, they got along really, really well. They were very much in love. Um, they would play with the kids. They had a very, like, very, what you would call, like, modern mm-hmm. home life where they were very active in raising their children. Um, she was attempted assassination three times in her life. Ugh. Yeah. They all missed. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. Oh, yeah. Um, two men were sent to insane asylums and one was jailed. Um, so unfortunately, her darling Albert died in 1861 from typhoid fever. He also had like gastrointestinal issues his whole life. And our poor Vicky went into deep mourning. Uh, she wore black the rest of her life and rarely made public appearances. Mm-hmm. This self-imposed isolation diminished the popularity of the monarchy during this time because yeah, no one saw her. that. So through the 1860s, Victoria relied increasingly on a manservant from Scotland whose name was John Brown. Uh, slanderous rumors of a romantic connection and even a secret marriage appeared in print. And the queen was referred to as Mrs. Brown. <gasps> I know. Um, Shady. I know. A painting by Sir Edwin Henry Landseer depicting the queen with Brown was exhibited at the Royal Academy. And Victoria published a book called Leaves from the Journal of Our Life in the Highlands, which featured Brown prominently and in which the queen praised him highly. Mm. Um, Vicky died at 81 in 1901. She was lame with rheumatism and nearly blind from cataracts. She was dressed in a white dress and her wedding veil and an array of mementos commemorating her extended family, friends and servants were laid in the coffin with her at her request by her doctor and dressers. One of Albert's dressing gowns was placed by her side with a plaster cast of his hand, while a lock of John Brown's hair, along with a picture of him, was placed in her left hand, concealed from the view of the family by a carefully positioned bunch of flowers. How big was this casket? It was like 95. (laughs) Well, she was a really little lady. She Uh was only Uh 4'11". And especially later in life, she was as wide as she was tall. Yeah. She was... And also... a little set a little zaftig yeah she was a little zaftig i mean when you're that small yeah it's tough to keep weight off you know yeah you gain five pounds and you can see it right yeah. away and um she also was not what's i'm looking for she wasn't a beautiful woman mm. she's homely yeah she she really didn't grow into her nose mm. you know what i mean it had like a pendulous quality that really is not attractive <laughs> in people male or female oh, especially boy. not in women um, but she uh, was very popular during her lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was considered the grandmother of Europe due, due to her many children marrying into various royal families on the continent, as well as her and her husband's family relations just in general. Um, she had great political influence in Parliament, although that was not nearly as well known during her life. And she was known by friends and family as an emotional, obstinate, honest, and straight-talking broad who had a great sense of humor. Um, so the royal line was known as the House of Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha until George V ascended to the throne. This is the guy who, um, after his brother Edward abdicated, mm-hmm. um, George V ascended, and this was depicted in the King's Speech, if you know that movie. Um, but George uh, changed the family house name to Windsor due to anti-German sentiment thanks to impending war. Mm-hmm. So the Windsors are actually the Saxe, Coburg, Gothas, just an FYI. 
So George's eldest daughter, Elizabeth, then became queen after his death in 1952. This is now Lizzie. Yeah. The queen, Elizabeth II, who is now the current queen. Um, She was married to Prince Philip of Greece and Denmark in 1947. Um, Actually, she needed ration slips in order to have her dress made because they were still on rations. Um, And it was a little controversial that they got married as he was foreign born, although he was a British subject. Mm -hmm. And two of his sisters had married Germans with Nazi ties. Uh, When they got married, they received 2,500 wedding gifts from around the world. Uh, They had four children, Charles, Prince Charles, as Mm -hmm. you know, Anne, Andrew, and Edward. Um, She is a fiercely private person, probably thanks to the tabloid interest in her family in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we remember that. Uh, Public opinion of the royal family reached a low point during the 90s, and due to pressure from the British people, she began to pay income tax for the first time ever. Yeah. Um, The queen's interests include equestrianism, hunting, and dogs. She loves them corgis. Oh, yeah. She's got like 17 corgis or something like that. Um, her mother, the Queen Mum, was way more popular than all of them while oh, she was alive. Yeah. And by the time the Queen Mum died in 2002 at 101, she was the most loved British royal in recent history. Aww. Do you remember the Queen Mum? She was Mom. so cute. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought she was no longer like a ruling monarch by like 1952. And I had a weird moment of cognitive dis- dissonance where I was like, she didn't die in 1952 because it had like yeah. her, her like ruling yeah. dates. So she didn't die in 1952. Like, I definitely remember her. Wait, how old am I? It's like, I really freaked out. It's the Mandela effect. It is the Mandela effect. So um, that was my quick wow. thing on uh, British queens. Quick and dirty queens. Quick and dirty queens. The British queens, you got to know. Yep. The only British queens. <laughs> <laughs> At least the ones that um, that are regnant, queen yeah. regnants. Because awesome. there were a ton of consorts. I mean, like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. every king was at least married once true so it's one of those things so for my quiz i'm very excited about this okay uh my quiz is called yes queens a quiz on drag queens oh and here's the episode where julia gets (laughs) another episode where julia gets no questions right you might you might be surprised all right here we go question number one RuPaul's Drag Race is a reality show juggernaut now, but what other big reality show was Mama Ru parodying when she started Drag Race? Question number two. Some Like It Hot was a huge hit for Marilyn Monroe, who was the only headliner who wasn't in drag during most of the movie, but her character's name was certainly drag-ish. What was her character's name? Question number three. Touch the skin, darling. This 1991 documentary about drag culture and drag balls in New York City has influenced generations of queer culture and a whole host of drag queens. Name that movie. Question number four. Scissor Sisters had an underground hit with their drag-inspired song, Let's Have a Kiki, which had an adorable video that was given an abysmal homage on a late season of Glee. Tell me, Julia, what is a kiki? Question number five. Julie Andrews plays a woman impersonating a man, impersonating a woman, in what 1982 movie musical that is not as confusing as it sounds? Question number six. Drag Race has had its share of incredible talents in its ten seasons, and a lot of terrible queens, too. What drag queen was eliminated in season two after an unprecedented assault on her competition during a lip sync for their lives? Question number seven. Marsha P. Johnson was an African-American gay activist and trans drag queen who was best known for being a pivotal leader during what 1969 event? Question number eight. John Waters' muse and official filthiest person alive, drag performer Harris Glenn Milstead was best known mononymously as what? 
question number nine. RuPaul was arguably the first drag spokesmodel ever, shilling for the Viva Glam line of what cosmetic company? And finally, question number 10. I'm going to name five things, and you're going to tell me if it's a drag queen or a tomato variety. A. Brandywine. B. Mr. Stripey. C. Acid Betty. D. Mortgage Lifter. E. Venus Delight. I'll give you a minute to think about it, and we'll be right back with answers. Everybody came to see me Up in the club Lip syncing for the money My mama said I would go Go real far She said that I would be super Superstar And after see, look at me I'm a drag queen, can't believe What you see, sexy drag queen And see, look at me I'm a drag queen, can't believe What you see, sexy drag queen gonna be great i know i'm very excited about this okay question number one rupaul's drag race was the reality show juggernaut now but what other big reality show was mama rue making fun of when she started drag race um is it america's next top model it is america's next top model um rupaul started out just kind of like making fun of the whole process to the point where he'd be like i have two girls standing before me um but the (laughs) the tv show kind of like went through a complete changeover and now it's like way more popular than america's (laughs) next top model Okay, question number two. Some Like It Hot was a huge hit for Marilyn Monroe, who was the only headliner who wasn't in drag during most of the movie, but her character's name was certainly drag-ish. What was her character's name? I don't know. Her name was Sugarcane Kowalczyk. You know what? I was going to say, <laughs> is it something like Sweetie or Sugar? Yeah. Or, yeah her name was funny. Sugarcane, and Sugar in the movie, Cane. she talks about how her she, her real name is Sugarcane Kowalczyk. Mm. She's Polish. Um but uh, it's a cute movie. It's really good. Um, in fact, it has the final scene is actually surprisingly like progressive for, uh, yeah, the, for the time. I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil it, mm, but it's okay. a good Tony Curtis, Jack Lemon joint. It's great. OK, question number three. Touch the skin, darling. This 1991 documentary about drag culture and drag balls in New York City has influenced generations of queer culture and a whole host of drag queens. Name that movie. No, I don't know. It's called Paris is Burning. It's a great documentary. Um, it talks about like the underground, uh, minority queer culture. So it's mm. a lot of like black m- gay men and Hispanic gay men like dressing up. And it's very interesting in like a sociocultural kind of thought because there's different categories and the categories are all like high end, like passing, like, um, one of the categories is executive realness. Oh. So you're someone in the eighties <laughs> who like, made a lot of money on Wall Street and you're just dressing like someone who is very successful <laughs> even though you stole these clothes from Saks Fifth Avenue like last wow. night kind of thing. So um, it's it's a really good it's a really good documentary. Yeah. I highly recommend it. I've seen it like eight times. Cool. Okay. 
Question number four. Scissor Sisters had an underground hit with their drag-inspired song, Let's Have a Kiki, which had an adorable video which was given an abysmal homage on a late season of Glee. Tell me, Julia, what is a kiki? Okay. It's not a nap. No. It's a party? Close. It's uh, like a bitch session or like gossip, (laughs) Um, also known as spilling the tea. Uh, Kiki is not to be confused with Kai Kai, which is having sex. So why would they make it be so close? I think just to be funny, because drag queens are <laughs> contrarians, just like me. Um, question number five: Julie Andrews plays a woman impersonating a man impersonating a woman in what 1982 movie musical that is not as confusing as it sounds? Victor Victoria. It is Victor Victoria. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh, it's great. It's extremely cute and funny. And Robert Preston, who was originally in Music Man, mm-hmm. uh, is charming in it. He's so great. Uh, James Gardner plays the love interest, and he's terrible, and no one believes a love story. But that's <laughs> that's just my opinion. Okay, question number six. This is very niche. I'm sorry. Drag Race has had its share of incredible talents in its 10 seasons and a lot of terrible queens, too. What drag queen was eliminated in season two after an unprecedented assault on her competition during lip sync for their lives? I couldn't even fathom a guess. Her name is Mimi I'm First. And she is... (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great drag name. It's a really good drag name. name. (laughs) But she's a terrible queen. Because, so... For elimination, two final, like the bottom two queens have to lip sync for their life. So they play uh-huh. a song and then they lip sync it and they're supposed to like dance mm-hmm. or like, you know, one Roxy Andrews one season like pulled her wig off to reveal another wig underneath, which was like people lost their minds. <laughs> so they're supposed to do what they can to like impress Rue uh-huh. and get saved. Yeah. So a lot of times when they're super desperate, they'll just start taking off their clothes until they're just huh. down to like padding and like okay. no hair. And it's not cute. It just looks yeah, weird. Yeah, that seems... Hmm. So Mimi was very... She took off her wig. She uh-huh. took off her dress. She was like... And then India Farah, who was the queen who was lip syncing okay. against her. She actually... Mimi went over to her, picked her up, and like went to take her down to like the judges table to like dump her on the judges table. Uh-huh. And this poor queen was like screaming. She was like, put me down. Like she was so mad. Oh my gosh. And um, thankfully Rue uh, eliminated. Saw through this. Saw through this. And she said, I do Ploy. not abide by yeah. any of my girls assaulting another girl. So you're going home. So Mimi Amphers is known as like the worst drag queen. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she was awful. She also wasn't even that good. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's just personal opinion. Stay tuned for the follow-up podcast. <laughs> Lauren's thoughts on Drag Race. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, question number seven. Marsha P. Johnson was an African-American gay activist and trans drag queen who is best known for being a pivotal leader during what 1969 event? The Stonewall Riots. It was the Stonewall Riots. She's um, best known for like being the first one to throw the brick or something mm. like that. That's not actually like... They're not 100% sure if yeah. that's true, but... She really had a very ambivalent relationship with that kind of persona mm-hmm. that was given her. She was a drug addict. She had schizophrenia. She was very sick, but she also, after the Stonewall riots, did a lot for a lot of good for the community. Oh. She started a kind of a halfway house for um, LGBTQ um, teens oh. and did a lot of uh, activism for the gay mm-hmm. alliance. But unfortunately, she was drowned in the Hudson on my birthday on July 6th. I Lauren, know. What a cursed I know. Day. Queens and me is just like, it's really <laughs> weird. Um, but she's lovely. There's a documentary um, on Netflix called The Life and Times of Marsha P. Johnson, which oh, nice. interviews that it actually uses an interview that she had given a journalist 10 days before she mm-hmm. died. So there's a lot about oh, her wow. life and they talk to her friends and things. It's very good. Nice. 
Okay, question number eight. John Waters Muse, an official filthiest person alive, drag performer Harris Glenn Milstead was best known mononymously as what? It's, is it the, hmm. So we had, a, so the movie was Pink Flamingos. We had oh, a whole thing on Learnedly. And the I other missed, day. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I don't know the answer. Okay, so um, Harris Glenn Milstead was best known as Divine. Oh, no, okay. You, so yeah. you do know that? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that this was, the, the, we're, okay. <laughs> Great. The answer is Divine. Yeah, so John Waters, Divine was his muse. Um, if do not watch Pink Flamingos if you are easily grossed out or grossed out or just like a normal person who has opinions about grossness. So I should not watch it. No, I read <laughs> I read the spoilers on Wikipedia and I'm even sorry that I did that because it's gross. Um, but if you're somebody who likes John Waters and like high camp, go to town. Um, question number nine. RuPaul was arguably the first drag spokesmodel ever shilling for the Viva Glam line of what cosmetic company? Mac. Yes, it is Mac. Um, the Viva Glam line donates a portion of sales to AIDS charities. Nice. So there you go. Buy Viva Glam. Okay. Here's my favorite. I'm so okay. glad that you're excited about this. Yeah, it's so very funny. in homage to uh, my favorite category <laughs> of trivia that we ever had, I'm going to name five things and you're going to tell me if it's a drag queen or a tomato variety. Okay. <laughs> All right. First one. Brandy wine. Tomato. Yes. Okay. Second one. Mr. Stripey. Tomato. Yes. Oh, good job. <laughs> number three, Acid Betty. Drag queen. Yes. Oh my gosh, you're so good. Uh, number four, Mortgage Lifter. That's very strange. I'll say tomato. It is a tomato. <laughs> good job. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, Venus Delight. Drag queen. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> See, you're good at this. Um, I was like, I was so excited because I was like, because the original one that we was that we did and I got totally right was Obviously. you got to tell if it's a drag queen or the name of a color of like Corvettes yeah. like the paint color of Corvettes <laughs> and I was like what's what's like a funny thing that's not like Corvette colors and I was like tomatoes so I looked it up and I was like tomato varietals have the dumbest names yeah. Mr. Stripey Mr. Stripey I loved it but drag queens are known for having like play on words like yeah. head of lettuce and um the one of my favorite or just like weird names one of my favorite ones and it's just the best is there's a drag queen in australia her name is karen from finance and it's just it's just that's great so good karen from finance is the best drag queen name i've ever heard um but yeah so um that is my quiz on drag queens i hope you enjoyed it kind of related with um what you said with rupaul's drag race um geeks who drink announced that this year they one of their themed quizzes is going to be on rupaul's drag race and when lauren saw that come up on the board she like lost lost it screamed and screamed i'm so excited and steve was excited too because and he will not be embarrassed to have me tell our listeners this he also watches rupaul's drag race and is super into it too to the point where sometimes he'll be like "Mm, no that bitch no i'll hear him and be like that was no good that wasn't a lip sync please yeah yes i can't wait to attend this event oh and sit there and and just enjoy how happy you are julia what if i what if i went and drag oh my god what if i went and drag I'm going to glue down my eyebrows. I'm going to do like a full divine eye. I'm going to have like a, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm actually a little sick to my stomach. I'm so excited. (laughs) 
anyway yes i'm very awesome. excited about this and we're gonna do really well yeah so anyway um thanks for listening <laughs> yeah you as always you can find us on itunes google play stitcher and whatever podcast app you prefer with our rss feed you can uh get in contact with us we're still looking we actually like ran dry on the oh, yeah. uh, listener submitted trivia so get get send on us, us guys send us some more listener submitted trivia yeah and we'll we'll shout you out on the, on the podcast um if you want to do that you can tweet us at miss infopod uh you can write us an email at misinfopod at gmail.com um, you can uh, hit us up on our Facebook page, Misinformation, colon, a trivia podcast. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Ellipsis. Um, and uh, also, as always, you can visit our website, www.misinfopod.com. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.